Welcome to Eagle Nation. Your hosts are Waza, Dan and Wayne. Alright, it's Eagle Nation, time for Pride. We have a big show ahead. First we'll talk some AFL news, final siren, the, the debacle against Port Adelaide. And then in Bounstown we'll talk about the up-and-coming game against Sydney. It's not Richmond as it was planned, so don't forget to join us on Instagram, Twitter and it's Facebook. And how you going, Dan and Wayne? Yeah, not, not bad. Good to be back in the studio. And I'll tell you what, it's great to be West Australian right now, isn't it? Place to be. It's the hub. We're in the hub. Yeah. We're in the, we're in the Wazza <laughs> King hub. We're already there. Well, we'll talk about hubs. It's We're in a compromise season already. Daily it's changing. No big teams allowed into Queensland. Um, they can't fly in and out of South Australia. Uh, they can't fly in and out of WA. So they have to hub. So what's going to happen? We've already got two teams coming to Western Australia, uh, Collingwood and uh, Geelong. But... From what I heard today, there's another two teams or four teams over another seven-week period coming into WA, and then they'll be doing the same amount in Sydney and South Australia. Mm. Well, I, I was very surprised, actually, they haven't talked about going to Tasmania either, because I know Tasmania are keen they to... They have, because Hawthorne and North Melbourne, North Melbourne that's what's have got um, games that they can play down there, but um, it looks like it would be Victorian teams. Mm. They wouldn't be uh, interstate teams. My thing is, did they stuff up straight away sending all the interstate teams, bar Sydney and um, JWS, to Queensland? I'm glad you said that, because this is what we touched on. Mm. Wayne, I've been very strong on this. This wasn't a matter if this would happen. It was a matter of when. We knew doing a hub over Eastern in Victoria, where a lot of the cases are and always have been, was a disaster. It should have been South Australia. It should have been Tasmania, and it was... Perth originally, yeah. uh, that got shut down quick because the Vicks didn't want to travel. I think you and I touched on this last podcast as well. And that's what I said. It, that's why I repeat, it wasn't a matter of if this would happen. It was a matter of when. Mm. And it's happened. You know, they've had a scare with someone already having COVID. Now they're shutting and locking down towns. But what I wonder is, why are you delaying? Why have you got your head in the sand pretending this isn't happening? And they are so oblivious to what's happening mm. out in the world. And I'll use this. And if you want any more proof... Okay, so Geelong and Collingwood are coming here. Have you realised they've now said what day? So they're having a Friday night game. Surprise, surprise, Collingwood always get Thursday. You look at this year. Yeah. All Thursday, Friday night games. That's not touching on. It's the 17th of July. Do you know why that date's important? 17th of July? Do you know? No, that's the, that's the t- that's when we can get the 60,000 no, no, into the stadium. It's the 18th. 18th is the So 16th. if they booked it on Saturday, it was a playing Sunday, so it's not a match-up issue. Hmm. If they had it the very next day, they could have had a full stadium of 60,000. But they're just so oblivious to what's happening around in other mm. states that they make these ridiculous calls because they're so VFL-centric. But you could. Uh, what could happen there too, though, Dan, to be fair, that stadium is if you got 60,000 on Saturday and then you expect to get another 60,000 on Sunday, it's a, big t- it's a turnaround. They've got to start catering. Uh, they've got to refill catering. Oh, there's, there's a lot, lot, goes lot goes into it, I'd say, logistically. The only wise. thing I'm peed off about that is on the fixtures, if you look at their original fixtures, West Coast had the first derby. Yep. And now Freo have got it. Yeah, I think it's all come now, down. That's, well, the way I understand it, it's all come down to financial. Well, that's bullshit. I, know, I understand you know, that. I, know, I totally agree. To... We all agree on that. But I think what they've, what I heard on um, was one of the radio uh, stations was that 
Fremantle applied for it. Eagles did not object to it because Fremantle, obviously, financially, are very cash-strapped. And this was supposed to be give them a little bit of extra incentive. I bet if they had the time again before they received the $230,000 rates they got from the town of Victoria Park, they might be thinking otherwise. Devil's advocate, too. Freo haven't had a home game yet. You can't call these Queensland games. Nah, games true. So we had Melbourne round one, and thank mm. God for that because we've got at least one win on the board. Yeah. But Freo haven't even had that. They played Essendon from memory round one over yeah. in Victoria. So it's like that's going to be their first game back. Yeah, I'd love for it to be an Eagles game, being an Eagles supporter. But I think fair is fair, fair, fair. You know, they haven't had one home game. It's a rolling fixture. So they, they kind of deserve it, to be honest. Like. Well, we'll have 20,000 people there anyway. Yeah, they they, do, won't, they yeah. won't fill the joint out. Well, it's going to be interesting to see how many people do go to that uh, Friday night game, Collingwood and uh, well, Max, Geelong. Has it. But uh, what Wayne said, I thought the same thing. But I thought, you can fix these things. Like, Sunday games for the Eagles are always these late because they like mm. the twilight games in Victoria with the time difference. So you could have an early Saturday game because you couldn't imagine they're going to be cleaning it up all night, like doing mm. night shift, cleaning it up that day in the afternoon if it's an early game and it should be good mm. if you've got Sunday morning too. But they've got to use that as a test because if they hub here, you are going to get two, three games a week here. Yeah. So they need to... I, I, I think they'll get... Right. I, I believe in the, the Collingwood-Geelong game, they'll get the full 30,000. Mate, people they're would be very dying popular, for footy to come back. They're very popular clubs, and people would go. That's what I'm saying. I would like to go. I would, I would, yeah, go, I would myself like to go. If That's I could saying. get a, a ticket. A lot of football fans are just mm. going to go because it's football, and it's going to be a plus for the WA economy. Same for the South Australian economy. Um, there's word about Darwin hosting a few... So probably that's why the AFL is holding off a little bit. Um, I think they've been a bit too slow with some of their... They've got all these contingency plans, always have. So I just think after the debacle they've done with Queensland and they've stuffed up with all interstate clubs playing each other, um, it doesn't look well for Victorian teams because they could have been sending Victorian teams Hmm. up there instead and then they wouldn't have had to hub as long and they wouldn't have had to win yeah. as long. How do you feel about the Darwin hub being mentioned, though? I'm surprised. Again, I'm surprised did not send, like, the two Queensland teams. Melbourne Footy Club play at least two or three games a year We, we play in, them once in Darwin. a year. Yeah. We, play, we play them every year. Yeah, so it's their home game. I'm, I'm surprised yeah. they, they didn't attract that straight away to say Melbourne, say, let's... And why they didn't do well, it they, at the start they, there. They it's said it was availability me. of ovals, but the guy from Darwin Sports, I heard on radio, mm. said they got three ovals they can that's play. That's right. Mm. So, so um, that's not the, beautiful grounds, that's not the excuse. So he said it's all in the AFL's, you know, court. Um, mm. They've applied for it, um, and now hopefully they, they're hoping to get four teams, but like I said, we're not going to find out for another two weeks. Mm. But they're going to have to make some decisions quick because... There's only two more rounds before they have to send Victorian clubs here. Yeah, well, what Wayne said then uh, at the beginning, if they'd done it originally, yeah, I like it. Mm. To be honest now, this might sound very arrogant, I think it's a slap in the face now yeah. to mention Darwin because we touched on how long we've been in Queensland. And I say we because it's an Eagles-centric podcast. Mm. But Port and Adelaide, even though they had the Derby and, you know, so they've not a week behind us up there, they've still been sent away. So the mention is Darwin hub. It's so we and WA um, and South Australian teams don't get all these home games. 
Hmm. But it's like Crimea River. In a shortened season, we're still going to have less home games or less games on our home ovals or in our state than the Vicks would normally get anyway. Yeah. But the, the, it's leaving a sour taste in their mouth almost. Because I remember when it was first mentioned, they said they were going to make South Australia, and it was Adelaide Crows they mentioned it to, who actually leaked this. Hmm. They said they talked to AFL and that AFL were going to move them to WA to lessen the advantage. And that's why I feel now it's a slap in the face. Mentioning Darwin, because it's like... Far as I'm concerned, we've done our part now. South Australian teams have done their part now. We stay in our states now. Yep. Mm. And if it means 12 home games, it's 12 home games. It's a compromised season. And I said in round one, I cannot see the season finishing. Yeah, I was And I stand by that today. Yeah. I just... I don't want to be negative about it, but... And I want to see football as much as anyone. I just cannot see this season ending. No. I think they'll get... Round nine, ten, and it's going to be gone because something's going to happen. Because you got two idiots that know all the rules, the protocols, and they get caught. Side bottom gets four weeks suspension. Linda Nunn gets a week. Yeah. What are these guys? What are you thinking? I, I also too. I think Eddie McGuire. I mean, I love Eddie McGuire. I reckon he's great for footy, but he will step in. He he has a lot to say there, and. I, like I said to you guys, I think you might set on to one of the pages there, that I cannot see how they can plan the AFL Grand Final in Melbourne. Coming as of well, a week ago. Moment. I don't know. Because if you look at COVID, when COVID happens, it's usually, well, it's been four months. It's taken us four months to get to this stage yeah. now. Victoria have gone backwards, so they've gone virtually back to step one. And they the whole state could quite easily go like that. So... They're and looking at four months now to get those those areas just back into where we are now. And that's the reason why I'm a little bit weary. WA and South Australia opening it up with fans and all that. There's every chance we can get a second wave here. And if that happens, that's when the footy season's over. I have so much faith in our governments mm. that if that happens and we have a small spike, we would shut it down. And that's the problem. They started getting spikes again, and they started um, opening up borders. They never closed certain borders. Uh, they lessening the rules. You know, we we call them phases here. They've been laughing critical at South Australia in here, mainly South Australia, for not following their agenda, where they were opening stuff up when they were still having cases. Yeah. They were only having 15, 20 a day. But to us in South Australia, that was huge numbers. Hmm. And they opened up. So I'm not worried about that. I think, right... As Wayne said, we've gone through phases. We've done the right thing for four months. Mm. If we have another spike, they'll just shut crowds down. They'll take these measures again mm. to fix it. So I'm not worried about that. But just the comment I made at the beginning, they've just got their heads in the sand, Wazza. And the grand final, heads in the sand. As you mm. said, this isn't going to be overnight. Mm. What are they thinking? Like, they just don't want to believe it. They're so Vic-centric, the mm. AFL. They I, don't want to believe that they have to get out of that state and it can't be the VFL this year. But no, I don't care where it is, whether it's here or it's South Australia or whether it's in Queensland. It doesn't worry me, but I think I think they're dreaming that they think they're going to have it at the MCG and have even 30,000 people there because well, they're, think, they're not. I think reality you know? set in. Um, we don't want to... We're not bashing Victorians as per se no. because there's a lot of Victorian supporters <laughs> that probably listen to this program and don't take it personally we're knocking the way the AFL run and we're knocking the way your government's running your state uh, so just quickly what you said there to be honest I've been surprised by a lot of the comments they're mirroring what we're saying yeah. I've seen Richmond supporters 
almost having to got their own players for this reason, saying that, you know, us as fans have given you so much, footy's given you so much. Um, there's always circumstances where you wouldn't travel, but their stances and their they don't know what they're doing there. They're, they're saying themselves because they're getting locked down. They're like, get out. They want to watch the footy. They want to see their team play. Yeah. They're telling them to get out. And I have huge respect for someone that can take their, you love this saying, rose-coloured glasses off and see the big picture. Mm. So I've been really yeah, proud of a say. lot of the Victorian yeah, supporters. Been great. Well, it's good that you mentioned rose-coloured glasses because that's coming up later in the program. <laughs> <laughs> it's a new we're gonna segment. Get on, yeah. We're going to get on to some footy now some, and we'll talk, even though it's going to be a bit of a misery talking about it. It's the final siren. Well, a debacle against Port. 48-point loss. Port power, 13-11-89 to West Coast. Six goals, fives, 41 Dixon kicked six for Port and Kennedy kicked four for West Coast. The only problem with Kennedy, he didn't have anyone else helping him. Well, all right, glass half full first. Well done, Josh Kennedy. Your supply was down. A lot of your goals were from contested marks. Even I've been questioning the forwards on previous podcasts and on certain forums. Um, way to go. And he would be the only player I would say that was good. And I'll probably chuck Ryan in that category. We had, Other than that, we had okay players, but I wouldn't say anyone else was good other than Ryan gave effort, not on the scoreboard as such, thought, and Kenny Goals. I thought Gaffey did what he does every week. I'd say he had a good game, but for Gaffey to have a, a great game or a real good game... And he's out on the scoreboard. Yeah, but that was below what he normally does yeah. as well. So you, it's hard because you're measuring Gaff by his own measuring stick, you know, yeah. and it was slightly below that. I just want to bring up Gaff because all I read is people, oh, Gaff's not this and Gaff's not that. Take Gaff out the team. Who's going to link us friggin' up? He's a wingman. I know, I know we didn't have him for eight games in 2018, but playing a different game then, it's shorter quarters, uh, it's more, I don't know, it's more of a clusterfuck, if you ask me, Good. of a game. Yeah. And um, he's the one that's been the most... Him and Shepard have been the most consistent mm. in the three games up in the hub anyway. I've been a Gaff fan from day one. And I think what a lot of people don't look at... Look, I know his disposal at times can be... His running game, if you, if you go and sit there at the stadium, just watch him. His running is sublime. His running game. He just knows, he reads, he's a great reader of the game. He knows where to go, when to get that ball, and when to run, when to get to, the space to get to. He yeah. knows when to go part. And you need players like that. You, yeah. can, you don't need everyone going into jump on the bloody ball and get it out. You need someone who's going to time that ball, run past for a quick handball, and then link it up to the half-forward line. And he does it beautifully. And my question is to people that not Gaff is, name another winger that's doing better. Exactly. And the only one that's getting anywhere close but I, I, is that's not, Yeah, that's not to but, doubt on Gaff. But he plays more as a half, high half-forward. Yeah. yeah. He never, he's, he's, if you look at McGregor, he's never down in defence. Mate. Never. Gaff is one of the best wingman now and one of the best of all time he's not the best of all time obviously but he's just so consistent with what he does and I don't get it and I'll, I'll tell you a quote from a coach soon um, but when you look at a wingman you have to look at disposals disposal efficiency and metres gained that's what a wingman's job is yeah. to get that ball and run it to kick it to set it up to open teams up and that's what he does brilliantly um, and Alistair Clarkson once said this he said he would uh, yeah it was wasn't Clarkson now I've said that. <laughs> okay but um, what they said is they would rather tag Isaac Smith 
probably plays a lot more on the wing mm. than they would Tom Mitchell. It was Buckley, sorry. Buckley said it. He said, because Isaac Smith will hurt you by foot and will get metres gained. So, and he yeah. was saying, who will let Tom Mitchell, and he's done this in the past, Buckley, get 50 disposals because he thinks Isaac Smith is more damaging. Yeah, and that's Gaff. He's got a kick. Mm. He's got the metres gained. He doesn't care about these other players that will get all these disposals with little hand passes. You, you know what I mean? So that's where Gaff is underrated. You've just got to look at the Brisbane game. When we were in the game, Gaff was on top. Yeah. And then they put somebody on him. Yeah. Brisbane ran away mm. with the game. But Port, they were just way too good for us. They they cut off our short kicks. They they played like they wanted to win. Mm. And we are saying off air, you've watched the game twice. I've watched the game twice. Um, that was one of the worst games of football I've seen in many a year. Um, and for people that want to, I was going to bring this up in, under the pump, people that want to sugarcoat performances like that, you need to have a really good look at yourself. But no one's knocking the Eagles as a team or as an individual, but we're not the way they, they lose. Yeah. And when you put no effort in, there was parts there where Yo was, they, they did it on, on the couch. I don't know if you saw it. They showed Yo and he, no pressure on the boy, just running by. And Robbie Gray ran down, kicked it in, and they kicked it to Dixon. And it was all because there was no pressure on the ball carrier. Mm. And there was three Eagles running with the guy and not one pressure. They were like they were just training. They were just jogging along. And that was really bad to see. Yeah. And that was all over the ground, except for about, I reckon we played on top. Of the whole game, 13 minutes of good football. Oh, you, you, I think you're giving us a bit more credit than we did. I mean, you guys are you guys are really big on stat. I'm not a really big stat person, but I I went back and watched that game especially because everyone on the site kept saying about clearances, clearances. We won all this, we won all that, and so I went back and I watched the, I watched this game very and I dissected these clearances like, and I know I was only one clearance out from someone I know, but the center clearances we won 15 to six. Five of ours were effective. Three of those were in the first four minutes of the third quarter. So you, that's... And that's when we kicked three goals. Yeah. Port had six centre clearances. All six were effective, resulted in goals. And the rest of the clearances, 25 to 35, we won. Ten of ours were effective, and 18 of Port's were effective. But... I think what people get mixed up with the with the clearances is that well they say well we we won all the clearances but as we spoke about it down before was, and I've said this for a long time they class a clearance like someone who just knocks the ball out they of the square the ball, yeah. that's a clearance but it's ineffective we, I saw three soccer's soccer kicks two of them by Nick who socketed it out of the centre and it went straight to a port player and went straight back into their half forward yeah. line. I mean, you can't tell me that's an effect. That's a clearance. It's a stat. But you've got to watch the game. And people, and no disrespect to anybody, a lot of people look at the stats and say, oh, we did this, this, and that. Watch the game. Go back and watch the game. Set yourself up and watch it. Well, it's amazing that you said that because Simpson on Victorian Sport to stay last night said exactly the same. People look at these stats and talked about clearances and inside 50s. I'll tell you. Don't even believe them because they're flattering. Mm. Because inside 50s said we had 36 or 40, whatever it is. How many of them went straight in and straight out? Yeah. So, you know, about 30 so, of them. Like, Wayne's kind of hit the nail on the head, and that's what I felt. I didn't feel like the clearances and t- tap outs was our problem. It was the next disposal. That's right. So we'll get the clearance, we'll get it going our way, but the very next disposal will be cleaned up by mm. port. And to me, 
let's just call that a wasted clearance because winning the clearances is what you want mm. but you can waste them and that's yeah. exactly what I felt yeah. we did um, where it was like Nick Nat did the right thing Nick Nat would get it forward we would get our hands on the ball but then there was no link yeah. there was no one to go to and the thing that really hurt me this game and this is where I think we lost it again disposal fish I'm always about disposal fish but I just felt like we weren't running I felt like every contest, when I watched that game, every contest seemed like we were outnumbered. And you could watch the screen when they panicked. It was because the port players just kept running hmm. and kept running. And because they kept running, they kick at 34 metres. It seemed like they had more players around the ball again and yeah. were outnumbered. And I wonder if it was like a Yo or a Sheed that just sat back and let their players run like that hmm. and just sat back. I'm not saying it was those players directly, but something didn't work there. But, um, and just one more thing about the game was I was we had momentum in that third quarter yeah. and I like that was the most positive I felt watching footy in age mm. like this is the this is the team I support this is the team I love and we were coming hard we kicked three goals which you touched on Moza and I felt like we were playing really good footy then all of a sudden Schofield decides I'm going to bump and try to clean this player out instead of tackling oh, that really which cost out. us a goal and you watch it he he did that he did not stick his hands out to tackle and Hearn was chasing with him so even if he broke his tackle it would have slowed him down enough that Hearn could have cleaned up mm. but you've elected to bump because you wanted to hurt that player and like put him down basically mm. you failed in what you did cost us a goal then you headbutt give mm. the ball back to him and luckily he missed that but they locked it in yeah and scored a goal straight away because they locked it in their forward 50. 13 points in 60 seconds because of his un <clears throat> just despicable footy and a mind fade, basically. He cost us 13 points, which stole momentum. And everyone knows how big a player momentum is in this game. And that just snuffed out any chance. Yeah, we'll come in hard. Two things there, too. I mean, obviously, you could lip read when, oh. when Schofield came off on the bench and Simo was really ripped into him. And to be honest, he, he would have been... I think it would, we, regardless he got suspended or not, he would have been dropped because that yeah. was just terrible what he did. And I think the other thing, and I know you and me differed on this a well, bit. Well, I, I, I reckon the bump was worse oh, than the headbutt. Yeah. Because like you said, it should have been a fucking tackle. Yeah. And that is just... Especially on where the guy was. Hmm. If it was further up the ground, cool, put the bump in. But when you're that close to goal, you grab the guy and you bury him. Hmm. And he's a senior player... He, he's one of the best lockdown defenders that we have, but he won't be playing for a while. And, and the other thing I was going to say there, and I know we all, everyone will differ on this with me because I know they do because everyone loves Nick. But Nick was out. Nick won a lot of taps, and some were good taps to Shuey and that. Nick was completely outgunned by Lysette. And if you, again, if you go back and watch the game, Lysette completely changed every way he was rucking against him. He went from the side. Yeah. And also, he did not let Nick, and if you go back and watch the game, you'll see this, he did not let him get to the ground ball. Never once. Nick did a few things where he socketed him out. That was clearances. And i tell you something now. Um, Hinkley, and I saw this on the TV, went, I saw him go to him straight after the game and give him a rapid big pat on the back and a big hug and it was going so it was obviously saying yeah. you've done exactly what we wanted you to do Nick had no influence on that game when, when I when I first watched the game I thought Nick played really really good I thought he was getting positions but when I watched it again as you said Lysett was cutting the angles mm. and he I think Nick got a couple of ground balls but not many and but the thing I give with Nick he's one of the guys that even though he probably had a didn't have the influence he's what 
He's another guy that's having a go. I definitely have no um, no no question. There's too, a go. too many guys in our midfield that are just fucking passengers at the moment. Mm. Sheed, I know, is your favourite player, Dan. No, I pulled him up last week. But he's got he's not a goat he's at the done. moment. He's more like a fucking lamb, man, because he's just fucking. <laughs> he's nowhere. He's chewing on grass out. I don't know what he's doing. Don't know what his role is. Um, Yo's way out of touch. Yo's massively. To me, I'd be swinging Yo back. I'd say I'd, I, I'd take him, put him on the half back line. I said this last week. Next, go just, back to half back. Then just have Sheed and Kelly and Shuey just doing the midfield. Mm. Um, people are having a go at Redden, but what they need to go and have a look at is Again. Redden yeah. is in and under at every fucking pack. No, I'm not. I'm not defending Redden. Like, no, I'm sorry, you have but to he's watch not. Game again, yeah, but how can you? Like, no disrespect because I'm very but how can you he's in another okay so we talk about Lysette trying to tick Nick yeah. and that means he had a bad game because his disposal wasn't great or you know he did, he had to sock it for it so his six clearances weren't that great because he was under pressure Redden had no impact yeah he might have been under the pack but he didn't achieve much so, so how is that any different to what we just he, said about Nick Nat? And I'm, to be honest, I'm not actually disagreeing. Lysette did the same to Grundy and did it to Gorm when he yeah. played for the Eagles. I think Nick Nat still had a better game than Lysette, but Lysette minimised no. his impact. And as I said, I'm not going to defend any play of that game other than Kennedy and Ryan. Like, oh, yeah, don't get me like wrong. I said that at the very beginning. The other players to me had okay games. Hmm. And that's very harsh to say, but it's true. And Redden, we don't, like... Redden's okay, so I know stats could lie, but he had barely any... Dispos- he hasn't broken 20 disposals for the no, game. No, but he, he had barely any tackles. But he's playing... That's what I'm saying. He's not getting the disposals that he, he was he used to rack up at Brisbane and he did in 18. Uh, last year, he, he had fluctuating in... Um, Disposals as well, but when I watched the game a second time, he, every contest that was a ruck that he was in there, he was the first person on the ground to get the ball. Now somebody's got to go in to get the ball to flush it out to a, mm. a runner. Now the thing is, he wasn't probably getting the ball as much as he should have. Yeah. But and when he was handballing it out, the, the midfielders were nowhere. That the midfielders just weren't running. Um, Shuey's playing injured. Yeah, Shuey's he, he's very playing sore. Sh- Playing injured, Sheed's had no fucking effect at all. Kelly is getting the ball, but his disposal is hmm. pretty poor at the moment. Um, every time he was kicking the ball, it looked like it was floating. But maybe they've just got to get that nucleus right, and if that means Yo moving back to a halfback flank to get a bit of touch, I don't know. But they need to pull someone out of their ass mm. going forward. You know? I, I, I do feel though with Yo though he's still tackling where oh, he's a tackling machine. So yeah, see, so I had to get these stats because it was twelve disposals was it from a midfielder? And I know what you're saying, but we just hit Nick Nat up, and what did he have? Nine. But he's never a big disposal person anyway. Redden, but you still so want Redden, more than twelve as a midfielder. Aiden's his average, right? Yeah, so he was well so below well six below, below what he's. But everyone average. in that team was below. Yeah, but we're not saying that they had a good game. I know, but I'm just saying from social media, people saying red now. Yeah. Who are you going to put in red in the spot? Oh, no. You I'm not I mean? one to let's cut mm. throat yep. at half the team. I think that's ridiculous. When you statistically make four or more changes, you don't tend to win the next no. week. Unless, like, it's your star players come back from you. And that's what gets me some Eagles fans. But Kelly, because he's the higher recruit player, he's the one I think that's getting in and under. He's the one that I think... I'm not going to defend Redden. And I, this isn't me. I feel like I'm the one attacking players. Like, this is no. very unlike me. But I'm... And I'm not going to sugarcoat. I am so disappointed with what 
these players say, we touched on how much I love Sheed. He's one that's under. But I think Sheed, especially in the second half, played a lot better than Redden. Uh, no, like, yeah, I, I'll put that. He, at least he If I was a coach, if I was and, coach this week, yeah. I'm not bullshitting you. Sheed would be gone. But Kelly. He'd be gone. But again, you just said you wouldn't cut red, and no, I I'm finding these are so contradicting. Sheed runs and carries with a ball, yeah. right? And when he's damaging, he's running and carrying along half forward, yeah. kicking at goals. He's not even getting the fucking ball. Well, no, again, I'm not saying I'm not saying he's had even an okay or good game. I'm saying he's playing. That game, I would put Sheed above Red in that game. No, and as I said, Kelly's the high profile game. It's like watching but, tennis match. Yeah. <laughs> but he had 18 disposals and he had a goal. And not only that, he like set up another, but it was a horrible kick. But he actually had another shot on goal. And we're not kicking goals from clearances. It's getting run out. So the fact there's been a clearance in our forward line that's resulted in two shots on goal and Kelly got one, I think he's getting a little bit harsher judged because it's Tim Kelly, the team's down yeah, and he's not he's playing what we expect. But this is a bit controversial, but I'm gonna say this and this is foresight well out. If we get uh have to trade a uh, pick ten or below for Kelly, I think we've lost that trade. Right, well, and well, this well. is so black and white I think this trade is if it's after pick ten, I think we've won it. <laughs> and well, at the That's moment, what I mean. Pick three. Yeah, but we like we let's hope this hub makes a difference <laughs> if it's in Perth. I don't. We've, we've okay. Coming back to Perth should help, but we've got to pull our fingers out because it's not what we're displaying. Okay, a, the hub is a reason we're not playing well. It's not the reason we're not playing well. If that makes any sense. Yeah. All right. Before we go on to the next game, haven't given Port any credit here. They play brilliantly. They beat us at our own game. Um, Travis Boak, to me, is probably leading the brown low at the moment. He, he was everywhere. Um, you didn't see much of um, Robbie Gray and a few of the other... Shep, thank you. One of your you favourites for that. Um, but, you know, Dixon, he was a man mountain. He could have kicked 10. He yeah. should have kicked 10. Mm. Um, um, if two marks were given to him, he should have easily got 10. And the coach put him off every three minutes of the end of each quarter. So he was probably spewing. He was getting the three minutes I, I, of the last. I tell you quarters. what, Dixon learned to kick in the off season. His oh, efforts always, always been there. He's been no, a he's horrible. Been, kick. He's always been a very good kick. Just, Dixon, yeah. oh yeah, that's poor. He sprays a lot in front of him. Just so good. I want to get on to the forward. next game, but Jack Darling. That was probably the worst game I've seen him ever play, and I've never seen Jack Darling and Josh Kennedy go up for the same ball very many times. They did it five times in that game. Yeah. One of them's got to stay down and let the other guy go up. And again, I'll, and I'll say this again, and I get shot down every week about this, that when when we were successful in the grand final and that, Jack Darling led up the ground that year. He won All-Australian last year because he led up the ground. Yeah, he's, he's taking marks on the wing. At, at the moment, we're kicking to two guys in the, in the, in the square, him and JK, and the defence is standing there. And, th- and there was a guy last week for Port who I'll tell you... Uh, Westhoff? No, no, not Westhoff. As a young, like, young guy, tall, wasn't he? he but young, no, I don't young, know. Oh, Mackenzie. No, no, he From played. Gold Coast. He, no, he, no, it was sorry. Oh, this guy nearly made all Australian last year. Well, but... Why are you trying to find that? Our defence, not one player in the whole game stood in the hole. No, our not one. Was horrible. And to me, that is junior football. Um, and Simo is talking about fundamentals of the game. Put somebody in the friggin' hole, then you won't have players leading into it taking easy marks like that. Burn Jones. 
So Burn Jones is running off half back the whole game on his own. Where forwards weren't pressuring him. I, we either need to get Yo back to half forward, or we need to get Yo back into half back. Either Liam Duggan needs to go to the wing or get off the ground, one or the other. That's where I think we're losing because Yo will give us run in either of those ends of the ground. Well, you win games from half back, and now half forwards like Cripps has been well done on form, and that's where you you lose games from, and you, but you can win games from it as well. So uh, let's get on to the next game. <laughs> It's Bounce Down. All right, Bounce Down. We were playing Richmond this Thursday night, which is tomorrow, but like I said, everything changes within a day, and now we're playing Sydney at Metricon on Saturday. So some are saying that's probably a good thing for the Eagles, but um, I wouldn't be too sure at the moment the way we're playing. Finally, something goes our way, and the only... See... On paper, Sydney's an oldish side, but that's because of Franklin and Josh Kenny. Franklin's obviously not playing, so the team they're fielding, twenty-two, is quite young. And that worry, yeah, but see, that worries me because mm. Gold Coast is a very young team and they're very unpredictable. And look what they did to us. And so Naismith is a big out for them. Yeah, when they he's been in the rut, they that's a very sad. When story. he's been in the rut, he's, he's been mm. playing really, really good. Mm. Um, a sad story. I know he's not at Sydney anymore. Alex Johnson. He's done his knee again. Seven knees. Yeah, now. in his um. Football's not for you, buddy. Yeah, you've got to feel for him. Right. <laughs> it, it's interesting this week that Clarkson's come out about the tackling. And I don't know if you've read today, and I'm it's reading here now, that umpires will clamp down on ugly football. AFL players have all been put on notice. You'll be penalised for deliberately absorbing tackles without trying to dispose of the ball. So this is going to be... Uh, so it's going to be... Look out, tackling so it's is going, going to be to... freeze. But see, this is this shouldn't happen. Hmm. And we have one game that, and it was shocking because I watched it. It was one of the worst games I've ever seen in football in my life. And I was going, I don't go for every team, and I'm going with free kicks. Hmm. Um, but now this week it'll be over free kicks. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you'll have hardly any pry, and you'll get done dropping the ball. See, it's very annoying because this isn't a new thing. This happened in 2017 after the Dogs won the grand final. Uh, it was brought up then because I think Hawks had 99 tackles and only one free kick. Mm. And that's where one jokes are saying it was gifted by the umpires with the dogs one because they called it the dog throw. So they came out and said they're clamping down on the cheap little throws mm. which and they said they're clamping down on holding the ball because of that very reason. So now they're just doing it again. And whatever happened to the rule, because they never got rid of this rule, when you ducked your head, that counts as prior. So if you duck your head into a tackle deliberately for the high and then get pinned, that's your prior. That's automatic holding the ball. Mm. They did that for... I remember Lacroix got one stupidly and it wasn't even there, but it was the first week they brought the rule in. Then it just disappeared. It was there for two weeks and gone. Well, it's well, going back to the old day, like when Sheedy spoke, they listened. Now yeah. the best coach in the last 20 years has spoken yeah. in um, Clarkson and they're listening. So Yeah, but uh, I just don't get it. And they're all... I know we're getting a bit off topic here, but they're all talking about what we need to do to change your game. People, it's 15 or 16 minute quarters at the moment. It's going to be different. Wait till next year, see how it goes next year. Mm. We're playing a different brand of football because of the minutes we're playing. Yeah. Go back to your normal minutes, it might take care of itself. You might not have this shit happening. Mm. But I do think they need to reduce the rotation numbers. Let's get back to the game. Last time Eagles lost four in a row, and that's what could happen if they lose this game, was 2014. Mm. Oh, sorry, we tried this before and we didn't know either. Yeah, I had two, yeah. I, I, I did I get 2014? I went 2010. I think it was from round um, four to 
Let me have a look quick here. It was from round four to eight. Because and I remember uh, we sorry I remember we made because this is why I think I guessed I had two guesses because I remember we made a late run for the finals and our second half of the yeah. year was brilliant form and I think we would have made it but Sydney dropped half their side against Richmond and Richmond won that game which meant they didn't finish ninth and we yeah. did so th- that's why I picked that, and I still remember that from and, six years ago and the worst one after that was 2010's yeah. Wooden Spoon mm. where we lost six in a row seven, no, seven in a row then eight then we won one then we and won then won last, one eight. last eight yeah. and that was when uh, you know we had half our side out injured but the thing is Eagles cannot afford to lose this because there's only 17 games in the season um so they ne- really need to win this. So they really have to change the way they play, like we talked about in um, the final siren. They really need to win the midfield, and they've just got to lock the ball on the forward line. Um, at the moment, our injury list is still pretty good. Hutchings is still another two to four weeks away. Uh, Mitch O'Neill, he's still in Tasmania. Venables is still up at, in the hub. But he won't be playing. And that's basically it, really. Um, McGovern, you know, they say he doesn't have a syndemosis ankle injuries, but if he's fit, he should be in. Um, so he's going to come in for Schofield. What changes are we going to make? Because, like you said, if you make four changes or more, you usually lose a game. Hmm. Will he make another four changes? I have one. Do you guys want to go first? I think he's oh. gone. Oh, I think okay, but because, I, yeah, I mind if you pick the same player. Because yeah. Naismith's out. Yeah. So I think I Bailey think, Williams will come in. I reckon. Nailed it. I'm, that's that, exactly what I was thinking. I was about to say, they've got to give him a go. Mm. Um, he's basically said they lose a lot of impetus when Oscar's pinch hitting in the ruck at the moment. Mm. But my thing is to that, is 16-minute quarters play Nick for longer. Mm. You know, you're playing him at the same percentage as you are doing last year. He's obviously a lot better. So playing for a bit fucking longer. Yeah. yeah, see, Oscar Allen... Well, play him up forward, leave him on the ground. Okay, so with Hickey, Hickey's a better tap ruckman, but Oscar Allen is by far a better forward mm. than a ruckman. Yeah. Williams can do both. Yeah. At East Perth, he plays... Uh, sorry, it was the Eagles side, sorry. Our own waffle side. He played predominantly as a forward, and then they rushed him... Because we touched year. it last year in ruck, second half of the year. Yes. They played him almost predominantly. And he was outshining Vardy and a lot of these ruck that we had in that team. So bring him in because he can do both. He can play forward and he can play right. That's the and only I, change I'd do. I, I, I'd also... I threw oh, a smoke sorry, in Gov. at the very end. Well, Gov's got to come in for yeah. Scoey. Yeah, that's I true. can see him three. And your old, your favourite boy, Frankie Watson, in for one of the halfbacks. I love... I, or more Duggan, I think. Which one, Duggan? For speed. Yeah. No, look, I'd love that. I just can't see it happening. Mm. I just think for speed. He played good in the scratch matches. Like, no one would be happier than me. Mm. I reckon they'll bring in Nelson before they bring in um, Frankie. My question to you guys is, and I know he's only just done a milestone, do you drop Cripps? Well, I, during the week, I had Darling out, to be honest. I had Oscar or Bailey Williams in for Darling. I just... That I've, was my big thing. This is where it hurts, because I don't mm. think... This is where it really hurts not having a waffle in a second team. Hmm. Cripps is not getting the ball, right? No, he's not. He's but are you going to? Who are you going to? He's not even putting defensive pressure on. No. Who are you going to put in? Because we've already dropped Petch well, I'll give you, and brought it. I want Cameron in. But a, how fit is Cameron? I've got a and then would you put him in? I've got a plethora of players. Yeah, but Cameron, if he's they're not fit, playing many games, um, proper games. Cameron, if he's fit, just for X factor. But I don't think it'll be him. So you either go back to the well and you chuck Petrocelli back in, or. You give Hamish Brayshaw 
or Xavier Anil or Braden Ainsworth to go up front. Hmm. And then if you really want to be throw somebody in there and see how it go, give young Anthony Tracy a go. I, I, I don't, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, don't, yeah. I, I think we've, and they've been on the record saying this before, they've experimented with playing more midfielders hmm. up for and they said it just doesn't work. So what we've named isn't genuine forwards. We're chucking now. And it's so hard because I want Waterman to get a game. Do hmm. you drop a well, darling for a while? But then it's like we know what Cripps is capable. We know what darling's capable yeah, of. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. We it's know like we've no, Yeah, but with no proper seconds comp, it's it's that's why I'm, that's why yeah. with this whole season I am like this season is a bit of a joke. It's like how can you when Cripps feel the best twenty two anymore? When Cripps gets a ball and kicks goals, even if it's one goal, we win. When he kicks no goals, we lose. Yeah. And that's what they're doing. They're taking him out of the game. And you, you said it before, like with the Buckley thing, they're taking him away from his defensive pressure as a defensive forward on halfback. And to me. I love him dearly, but I think they need to give him a rest, even if it's just for one week, just Sim- to give him a rock. Simo won't take his top core players out. No, I don't think so. And I I understand the reasoning behind it too. But again, we go back and said, I'm not going to argue that these players are playing Mm. good footy because sadly, they are not playing good footy. They're really not. But it's like, do you think the team's going to be stronger with them not there? I don't think you can bring a player. And let's talk about Shep quickly. He's dominated. He's done good on Charlie Cameron. He did great against Robbie Gray. But Shep can't win you games. No. Shep can play his role, and he plays it bloody brilliantly. Mm. Darling can win you a game. Cripps has, can kick five goals, but his defensive pressure he's running can actually be the difference. That's the thing. But it's not so much about players, but we need to win one, two games. Mm. If we come back to – forget about our form. If we come back to WA and have these WA games, and we're three and three – Suddenly the sky doesn't oh, seem yeah. to be falling down okay. as much. That's we it. lost three in a row in 2018. If we're two and four, I still don't think the sky's falling down. That's not excusing our form. We're not going to be gifted these games by coming back if we play that style of footy. But as I said, two and four, not actually bad. Three and three, you would take that any day of the week of the footy we're playing. And it gives us a chance to really launch into this shortened season. The season is not over yet. We don't want to be one and five. That's what I mean. Yeah, that's dangerous. That's season over. You said the sky might not be falling down, but if we don't win, someone else will be falling down, (laughs) I'm telling you. Um, Look, we touched on Sydney. They've got some injuries themselves. They've got the three big key forwards out. They've got um, Nay Smith out as an uh, knee, as we said. Um, But they've still got some good players like Isaac Keeney. Callum Mills has been playing in the guts, but he might go back to defence because of our twin pillars if Darling plays. Kennedy's always a great Uh, player. Yeah, Josh uh, Kennedy. the Sydney guy, he's always getting a good play. Um, they've got some young players in there, as you said. Papley's dangerous up forward, so yeah. we've really got to win this game. Yeah, it's a and must. There's no milestones this week? No. We don't That's like been a curse. Because <laughs> I, I, I tried to look up to see how many games we'd won on milestones, but I don't think there's been very many in the last four or five years. Mm. So hopefully that's a good omen for us. Um, let's see what happens with the ins and outs over the next day or so I think they come out tomorrow don't they mm, yep and who knows what's happening next week because AFL could be totally up shit creek by next week we don't know yeah, could be no, finished as again I'm just repairing myself they don't pull their fucking head out the sand so, I think it will be uh, Eagles uh, fans we love you um, the fans that you know sugarcoat things 
I'm just going to say it again. Let's hope we don't have to sugarcoat it this week. Let's mm. hope we're sitting there all joyous. We're not attacking each other on social media because it sucks when that happens. Because it's us against them when we all should be. We're all the same. We should. Sure, we should all remember we love the love our club no matter what we say. Yeah, and you should be able to say what you want and, and respect too. what people say. Yeah. Um, anyway, guys, join us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram on Eagle Nation. Just type Eagle Nation in. Should come up. Just look for the Eagles logo. Um, and yeah. Until next week, guys. Um, yeah. Wayne's not here next week. I'm off to Broome. Oh, lovely. <laughs> He's on holidays. And the following week, I'm on holidays. Yeah. So um, we'll see what happens. Um, should be a good show next week anyway. And hopefully we're talking about a win, eh? That's yep. it. Go to the Eagles. Have a good week. Trust me.